Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Soda Pop Podcast. This is season five, episode four, and today I have a very special guest with us. I have the calmest woman ever alive to exist, Miss um, Ariel. She is our guest host. Will you please give us a small little introduction about yourself? Well, hello. My name is Ariel Lauren, and I'm visiting professor this semester, this year, at UNA as a theater professor. I will be, right now I'm teaching script analysis and theater appreciation, and I'm building puppets for A Christmas Carol. Ooh. Um, before we get in, like to dive into anything, I do do a segment called Soft Drinks and Soft Jams. And in this segment, I would like to know, like, what's your favorite soft drink? And what is a song that you've been like, we're playing on repeat all week? Uh, ginger Ale. And a song um, in a mellow tone um, by... I forget who I have sing it. In a mellow tone is a standard, so there are so many singers, but probably uh, Ella Fitzgerald is the one who's singing it. Okay, this makes two for ginger ale. I'm keeping count of who says ginger ale's Dr. Mercier, my boss. Um, she also said ginger ale is her favorite, so I'm keeping <laughs> record, and I don't know what I'm going to do with it at the end of the semester, but I'm going to do something with it. Um, this week, the drink that I've been drinking on the most, water, because I need more of it in my life. Um, I've been really dehydrated recently, and water supposedly helps with that. So that's what I'm going for. <laughs> and um, the song that I've been listening to, like, a lot of Michael Jackson recently, it's just he's been in my spirit. And I, I'm probably going to have to go with either Heaven Can Wait or Chicago. I have to look at my Spotify stats to be official on which one I've been listening to the most. But that's my jam of the week. Uh, I didn't know water was a soft drink. That's a yeah, that's a me. new soft drink. Carbonated water exists. Drink liqueur. Oh, okay, okay. It's LaCroix. not good, but sure. I don't like it, but it's a it's a carbonated beverage. Touche, touche. <laughs> uh, so if we're going with an actual soft drink, uh, my second choice would be root beer. Uh, but I have to be in the exact mood for root beer. It's not something I can have all the time, but uh, it's pretty good when I'm in the right mood. So I'm just gonna go with that. Okay, so we have a root beer, we have a ginger ale, and water of the non-carbonated <laughs> variety, but you know. Um, so Ariel is here, she's one of our visiting professors, and one thing I wanna know, oh wait, I forgot, this is very important. Today we're gonna do an episode a little bit backwards, okay? We're gonna do our fizzle down field. I didn't have to choose my song. Cooper, Baby, you gotta you gotta jump in front of me before I run into a chain, okay? You gotta tell this beforehand. But we're gonna have we're gonna have Cooper give their song of the week. I was going to go with uh, "Hell's Coming with Me" from Poor Man's Poison. Uh, it's it was trending on TikTok for a while. The TikTok audio, "The Righteous Hand of God and the Devil That You Forgot," mm -hmm. uh, and I don't know why it's just been stuck in my head. Uh, it's it's like it starts very slow as like a, a character has been like just like beat up in this town and ran out and then once he gets stronger he comes back for revenge and then like picks up the pace and shows his like anger as he's able to take revenge and so it starts slow and gets picked up in pace instead of being a consistent uh tempo or kind of vibe which i enjoy the like slow to faster song um, anyway, but we are going to be doing this week's episode a little bit backwards. Um, typically, at the end of an episode, I like to do a fizzle down feel good, aka you tell me the one good thing of the week. And then in the beginning of the episode, I like to do a pop off. But seeing as how calm you are, I want to fully delve into that and have enough time. So we're going to do our one good thing of the week. 
currently. So what is like one good thing that's happened to you this week? Oh gosh, um, I've gotten to spend a lot of money at Home Depot for um, all the puppet stuff that I'm building. We love capitalism, it's great. Yeah. It's a good system of uh, economics, I gotta say. I mean, that's why the malls are closing down. I mean, they're not, what the hell? Sure. Kat, what's your? Um, well, I guess the main thing is just uh, the sheer amount of stuff that's been going on with uh, the new campaign you talked about last week. Uh, we had a practice session in session one, and then we've had me completely bombarding uh, day with information about my character because they change appearance to four seasons. So it's been a lot of information to get that drawing right. We love you, Day. Um, shout out to you for drawing all of our D&D characters. The one good thing that's <laughs> happening for me this week happens today. I finally get my car back. I've been driving around in my dad's truck, which I love trucks very much. I want a truck. Just on campus, it's not very ideal to park because I don't know how to parallel park that thing. And so it's it's going to be nice to have a smaller car just to park places. It's going to be very, I'm looking forward to it. But now that we've covered that, we're going to talk just a little bit more about Ariel. And I'm, I'm wondering, I'm curious, like, why did you choose to visit UNA? I um, was really excited about the possibility of teaching. Um, Normally, I mean, before I came here, I'm a puppeteer and actor and director uh, based in New York City. And I came out here to see what the academic life is like. Okay, then. Now, I would like to dive in more into your background of theater. We can say puppetry in a little bit, but I do want to dive in more to your background in theater. Mm -hmm. um, how did you get into theater? Like, what's your whole story of like how you got into it? How did you get into directing? Like, everything. I, uh, wow, um, how do I start? Well, my family did theater growing up, when I, while I was growing up. My parents met doing community theater. Oh! Yeah, so that was always our family activity was doing theater. And I always thought that was just something families did. I was just like, oh, everyone does theater. Like some families also like go skiing and things like that, but everyone does theater. You know, so I was really- goes bowling, some goes, you know, skiing. You're yeah. Theater. Theater. It's like, you know. Uh, so when people asked me if I was going to be an actor when I grew up, I thought that was such a confusing question because I was like, everyone's an actor <laughs> when they grow up um, because everyone does it all of the time. Um, so I, it became a habit. It just got stuck. So I just kept doing it. Well, okay. How did you get into like directing then? That became a, I bounced around a lot. So I actually, when I went to college, I went I can't touch that table. <laughs> um, this, our uh, poor sound editor is going to have a lot of work to do. That's Grayson. Hey, Grayson. The table. We love you, Grayson. Um, thank you, Grayson. <laughs> um, in college, I did acting and I did uh, my work study was in the scene shop. So I was a carpenter and a painter and a props person. And I actually went into carpentry right out of college. Oh. I went to Steppenwolf in Chicago and I did the carpentry apprenticeship there. And then I went to uh, middle of California and I did carpentry for another year there. But then I started to miss um, painting. So then I went into, I did a summer of scenic painting, but then I missed props. And so I was like, oh, then I did a, a year of props. But then I realized what I really loved was being in, in tech week, like when everyone's coming together. So I was like, well, maybe I should try some directing because that's when the director really gets to be in the room. So I moved to Seattle and um, 
that's where I, I had a lot of friends in Seattle and I, I worked as a props artisan, but then I also directed. And I thought I jumped around on a bunch of art forms. <laughs> no, 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 no. But you mentioned carpentry. My grandfather was a carpenter. He built all sorts of things. Mm -hmm. What was the favorite, what's like, what's your current favorite thing that you built? Oh my gosh. That's so, I think um, that comes later when I became a puppeteer. Okay. You mean what I built or what is it built as a carpenter? As a carpenter. My favorite thing was this um, 16 foot tall welded box. It was like a series of barrels that had to be stacked on each other. It was for a show sort of like Oklahoma, a okay. rip off of Oklahoma, <laughs> but they were dancing on top of barrels. And so underneath I welded together this whole structure that was 16 feet tall. Oh my Lord. Yeah. That was probably my, my proudest carpentry thing. I love that. I, do you have pictures of it? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to try to convince uh, my boss, Betsy, to upload it on Instagram. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that is so cool because, like, my grandfather did carpentry, and so, like, he always built things. Like, mm -hmm. the most notorious thing that my family knows that he built was, like, a timeout chair that I never sat in. And I used to play on it and do everything that wasn't, like, it was hand-carved, painted. And, like, he also built, like, a family tree. He's a family historian. I can go on for my grandfather hours, but he's a family historian, and he made a tree. Like, he hand-carved it out of wood and put everybody's name on it, tracing back um, oh. for my family. I think all the way since like slavery, since like we came off the boat, he's traced wow. it all the way back. It's probably like one of my favorite things. He's constantly adding to it. Yeah. Um, I just recently made him go digital for um, ancestry.com so we could possibly <laughs> meet more people because it's like his favorite things to do. And he's yeah. been doing this since he's been like 74 and he's currently 83 and still wow. going at it. Oh, I bet that tree is beautiful. It is gorgeous. I will try to find a picture for yes, you. Yes, please. More to upload on Instagram. Oh, uh, I can't put my, like, all those people information out. But if I could, you know, you know, just a little thievery will be fine. Um, but let's dive, in, dive, dive into uh, your pu background with puppetry before I do. We are in America. And in America, I have to mention the puppet. So this is my obligatory, my obligatory. A boy, <laughs> obligatory uh, Muppet reference. If you've ever been on YouTube and you've seen the channel Defunkland, if you haven't, they are a channel that dogs and dives, dolls, who knows, words That's are hard. That's a new word. <laughs> dolls. Dolls. Um, dolls into uh, uh, amusement parks, kids' TV shows. In this case, the Muppets, they do a whole series on Jim Henson, which is so good. I cry every single time. I hate to admit it. The first time I was, my grandmother was looking at me like I was absolutely like bonkers. She's like, why are you sobbing? And I'm like, it's just so beautiful. And then he died. And she's never been more scared of me in my life in that moment. <laughs> um, but I 100% recommend it. But I do want to realize, tell people that, you know, Puppets can be way more than Muppets. Mm -hmm. It's a very vast thing and it slightly touches on that. And I really want to get in that with you today with like the puppet history and all that fun stuff. But let's let's talk about your background within puppets first. Sure. So um, after I moved to Seattle and I was starting to do some directing, I realized I miss acting. I just miss, I just, I, I love every aspect of theater. So I went to grad school uh, for physical theater at Del Arte International, which is in Northern California. Uh, so my MFA is in ensemble-based physical theater. And that's where I learned uh, clowning and mask performance and uh, acrobatics. And Wait, so you're technically a professional clown? Yes. I love that. I love that. <laughs> I was focusing more on the mask performances. Was that yeah. a lot of Comedia dell'arte? Yes, it was. Yep, we did Comedia. We also did, like, we started with neutral masks, which are just bare face with barely any eyes, mm -hmm. like, 
very neutral. And then we went to like full face masks and half masks, which is Comedia. So, yeah. So, so that led me to, um, so my, my summer job in between my grad school, uh, my time in grad school was going back to that summer stock theater in the middle of California called Pacific Conservatory of the Performing Arts. And I worked as a props person. We had a visiting puppet person from New York City and I helped her out and I watched her and she went into every room. She went and worked with the actors and taught them how to puppeteer. She talked to the director about how to direct puppetry. She talked to the lighting designer about how to light the puppets. She talked to the costumer. She talked to everybody and I was like, I want to do that. I want to talk to everybody because I, I just like, I just love learning. I just love all aspects of theater. So, so after uh, I met her, I went to New York and worked with that puppet company. And that's how I started to do puppetry. Okay. Now, um, my, my good, good co-host over here loves the different types of puppets and he knows mm -hmm. more than me. So I'm going to have him lead with the like types of puppets. Well, I wasn't going to list them all. My main question is, <laughs> what is your favorite type of puppet to work with? Um, I, oh, that's hard. Um, I have experience in large object puppetry. I have experience with like object manipulation um, as well as shadow puppetry. And I, I feel strongest in my shadow puppetry in terms of my skills as a performer. Um, as a as a builder and a director, though, I think object manipulation is. So what that is for people who are most familiar with the Muppets, um, object mani manipulation is taking any object, a pair of sunglasses or a coffee mug or a glass and animating it so it looks like it's alive. Um, so and that can take the form of something that already exists like sunglasses or coffee cup, or it could be something you make with a crumpled paper or um, weld something together, just any any weird shape to animate it. And then it start, and then on the trajectory on the spectrum of from just pure object to something that's in, that has eyes and a, and a face and is, looks like it's a sentient being. Um, that's kind of the spectrum. And I, I like to perform on all aspects of that spectrum. And the most obvious of object manipulation, if I could speak, is a sock puppets. Yes, of course. Because uh, everybody knows what a sock puppet is. That's yes, the course. easiest way to relate it to someone who just knows the very basics of basically just puppets. Mm -hmm. uh, I find shadow puppets like actual proper ones instead of just the hands, but the ones where it's the thin shadow and you actually manipulate it with the rods and the colors. Mm -hmm. Just endlessly beautiful to like watch them mm -hmm. move and everything. I was going to add to the shadow puppetry. Like, can you give more in depth? Because I know people want to think of like the hand puppets that you make oh, with right. your hands. No, that's a good point. So could you like clarify like what you mean on shadow yes. puppetry? Yes, of course. So um, when I meet, when I talk about shadow puppetry, it's not necessarily, I I'm not that skilled in terms of making my hands into the shapes of different objects. I use actual paper cutouts of uh, a horse or of a human or of a mountain. Uh, I, I cut, there's a company that I think everyone should look up called Manual Cinema. They're based out of Chicago and they are gorgeous. They do just absolutely gorgeous work and they work with overhead projectors as well as shadows. Um, anyway, that uh, the show that I worked on that people could also look up is called Feathers of Fire. Uh, and it was a, a story um, that involved, uh, it was an epic tale, Iranian tale. Um, uh, from the Shahnameh, but now I'm getting into details. 
we love details. Details are great. We have the time for it. But um, I, I want. Can you tell us like the other types of puppetry like that haven't been listed that you that you haven't done yet, or that you're not as skilled in? Sure. There's a marionette is probably the most obvious. Um, I've tried that once, but that's a very different, very difficult kind of puppetry. Um, there's also just uh, hand puppets, uh, which are like Punch and Judy kind of style, or like Mr. Rogers kind of style. Um, what else is there? Um, I was talking to Kat earlier and like when it comes to a class that she might possibly be teaching next semester, um, if you guys sign up for it, are we going to be working with, like full body puppets? Like what were the styles you were talking about? Uh, the two that uh, stuck out to me that were mentioned were rod in hand and full body puppets. Mm -hmm. uh, the reason, the main reason I thought of full body is because uh, I didn't think that's the puppet I would be able to work with in high school. But mm -hmm. uh, last year we did Aladdin. Mm -hmm. And during Prince Ali, we had a an elephant come in and oh. like go around the thing. And so he was a full body puppet because even though it was wheels, there were two people inside to keep it pushing and moving and making sure it went upon the right path. Mm -hmm. And so we had a like a Muppet kind of style to look like the cartoon for Iago. Mm -hmm. Then the actor for Iago uh, puppeteered and then we had a full body puppet for the elephant with the yeah. actor of Aladdin actually on top of it. Yeah, another... Um Example of that is Warhorse. If people want to look that up for different images, that's that's a full body. Warhorse's uh, puppetry, mm -hmm. like a professional shows, Warhorse is so beautiful. Mm -hmm. Like even the little like horse that they have at the beginning, it takes like three or four puppeteers to do it, and they all have to be in synchronization during the entire show because the horse is the main character. Mm -hmm. I don't think people realize like how much a labor of love puppetry is because it's very physically demanding. Um, like, especially when you look at, to me, like the most famous examples that I can give of like full body, full body puppetry, um, off the top of my head that everybody would know is Bear from the Big Blue House mm -hmm. or Big Bird. That is such a physically demanding job. Like, have you had a role that was like that physically demanding before? Uh, yes. Yes. I, I did a full body cupcake. Oh. Um, <laughs> I was a walk around character for a, a party, a convention. Okay. Yeah. What, what was the convention? It was a book convention. It was, um, there, what was she called? Um, she's a cupcake who swears. I forget. <laughs> I forget what her um, name is. Why can't I remember? But yeah. Put she's, that on the list of things she's I didn't a little, expect. Like, she's a little pink cupcake, pink and white cupcake um, who swears a lot. We, we love that. We, we love that. We stand it. Um, the next question that I that was really interesting to me was when it comes to stop motion, mm -hmm. would that technically be considered a form of puppetry because they are moving small manipulative Muppets? Or not Muppets, puppets. Yeah. I'm going to say that so many times. Yeah. I am absolutely infantilized. Like, it is my favorite thing in the world with uh, stop motion because the fact that people are willing to sacrifice, like, seven years of their lives for two minutes <laughs> of animation. Right. Boggles my mind. Yeah. I, I don't have that patience. Would you have you ever done a stop motion project? Would you ever do one? Mm -hmm. or? I have done stop motion. I did. Um, I did two dimensional stop motion. So it was just little pieces of paper um, for a kids TV show called Reading Buddies, which is uh, on uh, public access. And you can watch it on YouTube, too. The season one and season two is coming out actually September 12th. So very soon. And I did um, I did little letters associated with images. So P, 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 pig. And then a little pig comes out and interacts with the letter P. So. 
Oh my lord! Yeah, cute little. We're gonna be. We're gonna have a look out for that. I can't wait to watch it. Yeah. I am. You two reading buddies. <laughs> um, another question I have when it comes to puppetry international, um. We have it very kid-centric and kids-focused because that was something that was gravitating at the time, especially with Sesame Street, which was the main focus of it, mm-hmm. and educating children. How does it look across, you know, the other side of the world? Well, it's uh, seen as a very, like, it's it's not as, like, here, yes, you're right. Here in America, we assume uh, puppets, we assume kids. Just like clowns, we assume birthday clown. Whereas pretty much anywhere else in the world, when you think puppets, it could it could be anything. It's it's just as broad as thinking theater, and clowns is also just as broad. It it has a different, um, it's a more adult form, art form rather than birthday clown. Um, yeah, so it can. And they actually a lot of uh, countries have national puppet theaters that are funded by the country. Because uh, I was looking into that, and I thought that's so interesting. I feel like you explained that way better than I would have. Because <laughs> the art tension and craftsmanship, especially like in France, I believe like that's where a lot of puppetry stemmed. Mm-hmm. Um, and like we know, like now modernly, was from France, if I'm not mistaken. Well, there aren't that many schools that teach puppetry. Oh. Um, there's only uh, you can't. Yeah, in France, there is a you can get a degree in puppetry in France. Um, there's also a school at the O'Neill here in the States, but that's the only one where you can study puppetry, really. And like, I feel like that's a shame because I feel like it's a lot more people will be interested in it. And so that's why like, I'm really excited that you're hosting a class next semester. Mm-hmm. Um, can you please tell us what that class would entail? Yeah, absolutely. So the class is called Physical Theater and Intro to Physical Theater and Puppetry. So we'll be learning the, um, the very basics of what it means to uh, know your body, to know how it moves, to know other pe- like other people's bodies and how they move, other animals and how, how animals move. Uh, and then the principles of puppetry are focus, gravity, and breath. So we'll cover those and we'll learn how to um, move objects with focus, gravity, and breath. And we'll also build our own puppets out of paper and how to move those puppets, um, both as a uh, You'll learn how to puppeteer as an individual, and then you'll learn how to puppeteer with other people. I am so excited for this class. So I need you guys to sign up for it so it happens. Because I heard it was supposed to happen this semester, but there wasn't enough people signing up. So I believe class selections, like things will start coming out within the next month or two. So if so, you know, be on the lookout. Not too many people because I need a spot too. But <laughs> besides that, uh, please look out, sign up for that class. because It's going to be very fun and interesting. The class would be especially good for um, actors, uh, of course, and dancers to learn a different way of using their body. And also for animators, anyone who wants to animate um, characters. So like uh, like literal animation or animate um, CGI kind of things. Perfect. See, this is why I wanted you on here because I really wanted to spread more awareness. What about puppetry, like how much fun it truly can be and what the class will entail. Um, you have something you want to say? All I was going to say is uh, the biggest thing when it's uh, how broad puppetry is, is when I did the puppetry w- workshop, something she repeated was this uh, puppets can literally be anything. Mm-hmm. Her motto was anything uh, can be a puppet if you're willing to pick it up and play. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. that. That honestly is a good statement. I Because I, I think kids um, are very creative and they see things the way we don't. 
And I feel like we can learn so much from them and how to animate a thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like if you really want to animate something, watch a child play with it. That's literally anything. Like this pencil I have in my hand, this is no longer a pencil. This is everything I wanted to be and more. Right. And I feel like that's very a good way to look at puppetry. Like, because they did not limit themselves. They really put themselves in the mindset of a child. And then, mm-hmm. what can I play with today? Yeah. I love that. It's, um, so this is sort of an academic thing to bring up, but I'll, we're in school, so I'll bring it up. Yes. Um, so w- one of the, um, John Bell is a, is a gentleman who has written a lot about puppetry. And he ascribes, you brought up why, you didn't ask the question, but why in America do we see it as a children's art form and everywhere else it's not? John Bell um, proposes that it really stems from Sigmund Freud, because everything bad comes from Sigmund Freud. Of course. Um, is because Freud, uh, when he was trying to make the distinction between primitive and um, civil civilized, he would say like children talk and play with objects as if they were real. Therefore, it is a primitive thing to do. It's not something that civilized people do. And so that's when we started to divorce ourselves. Uh, or like we, it's not when we started, but it further divorced us from like, oh, that's a child's thing rather than an adult thing. I like the, uh, oh, I hate the word primitive because of the way it's used all the time. Of course. Especially like when it comes to like um, cave people, I guess, I, I don't know the term. It um, has such a painfully negative connotation yes. to it. Yes, because they're constantly like, well, they're primitive, so they didn't do this. And I'm, then you're looking at cave art, so maybe maybe they did do this, maybe they didn't. You don't know because you weren't there. And so putting the naive, uh, primitive, they do yeah. nothing. Primitive is, it, yeah, it has connotations of, of naivete, of ignorance. Yes. Which is ridiculous. Um, yeah, but anyway, <laughs> that's... I, I love this because this, this brings me to my next point that I want to make this completely unrelated to puppetry. Mm-hmm. Um, what grinds your gears? I mean, as an individual, whenever I see you, you're always like like the perfect amount of zen. Like you're always <laughs> put together. And like, honestly, it could be pouring down right on me and it's going to be okay. Like, honestly, before this, we were joking like, yeah, we're going to do like a quick murder before we come in and kill you. Just shh. And yeah, she was like, okay, this is how I die. This is how I die. This is it. So like, what, what is something that makes you like, just like, honestly, just like, Oh you. man, I mean so many things. I mean it's, it's gonna become it's gonna become some of a, of a downer if I start listing them. I didn't I wouldn't believe that. Like if you told me that an hour ago, I would have been like Ariel disliking I'm something not bothered by anything. Well, I mean the the first thing that pops up just because I was reading about it this morning is um, like abortion rights. Oh. Like you know that's what I was like. Yeah, that really gets me mad. Yes. Um, but I, so I could list very political things okay. get me very upset. That's good. Is there anything like small and like petty, like when people chew too loud or? Yes. <laughs> yes. That's one. Uh, I, I don't, the chewing thing is very difficult for me to like. I find it hilarious because she calm. was just tapping on the table, like trying to do fully art like less than five minutes ago. <laughs> and so I find That's that. different. Chewing is like wet. It's like. It's it's unpredictable. I was at least tapping to a rhythm. <laughs> Chewing, you don't know when they're going to crunch on the next crunch. It's just like, ugh. Yeah. Um, Especially one. apples. <laughs> Especially they apples. Do, they make your mouth really tart and they take away all like, the moisture. And so it's... It's just particularly wet sounding. Just no. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> just, just no. Um, another question I have is, 
do you have any tips on like how to be like a calmer person in life? Because I, I feel like you would have like amazing tips on that. I think it's hilarious that this is this is the central theme. That that's how you introduce me is super calm. Because like I'm typically like I'm typically bouncing off the walls, but your energy is just so grounding it's making me love it's like no hi don't scream today don't yell yep i love i love jubilation and um i think i probably save it for theater for rehearsals and stuff um tips on being calm i mean i'm happy to um i mean breath is important stay hydrated you're doing that um i brought a gatorade in today I was up at like because I took my roommate to the emergency room. Uh, she's doing okay. Oh, no. Yeah, I was up at like she called me like five minutes. She's like, "Hey, uh, I think I broke my ankle." And I was like, "Sweetheart, we're going to the emergency room. What do you mean you think? Let's go." Because she uh, she fell at work. Oof. Yes, and so she's okay. They, they say it's a sprain. It's luckily not broken, which is mm -hmm. the best thing. So like I've been tired all day because I've been running around since like nine o'clock this morning. Yeah. Because I haven't slept. It's great. That makes me think of some of the, one of the absurd things. It was like the first week of, full week of school. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, so my dad works at the high school here. And so I'm sitting at home because, and he gets, usually gets off at around uh, nearly four o'clock when he gets home because they end at 325. And he calls me and he says, can you open the door? And I'm like, you drove home. How can you not get in? He goes, I think I might broken my hand and can't reach my keys. And I was like, excuse me? And so I unlocked the door for me. He's like, no, nah, it's fine. And I was like, it's not fine. And then my mom got home. She was like, we're taking to the emergency room. He's like, I'll be fine. And we're like, you're not going to be fine. We didn't persuade him. And it luckily wasn't broken or anything serious. And it healed on its own. But he didn't want to go. My mom's the same way. Because I called her when I was in the emergency room. Because my grandmother had MS and dementia. So we went to the emergency room a lot. So I was like, oh, yeah, I'm in the emergency room. Just thinking of you. Yeah. And she was like, oh, what's up? I'm like, oh, I think my roommate broke her ankle. And she's like, you can just do a heel stretch. I don't understand why you're at the hospital. I was like, not everybody likes you and does not believe in the hospital. You know, you don't go until you're dying. She's like, right. Still, y'all can just heel stretch that out. You don't need to go to the emergency room. But uh, I do want to thank you so much for being on this episode with us and talking yes. just small about puppetry. And please sign up for that class. It's coming up um, this next semester. Mm -hmm. Not this semester. We're currently in this semester. Yeah. But um, besides, you know, the class and the show that's coming out. Um, is there anything else that you're doing that you want the world to know about? Yes, I would love to plug. Um, I'll be directing next semester. And the auditions, we don't have a date yet, but they'll be before the break. Okay. Uh, and it'll be a comedy. It'll be a farce. I'm still deciding which one. Um, it'll, there'll be a lot of doors. There'll be a lot of like mistaken identity, <laughs> a lot of slapstick comedy, because I do a lot of physical comedy. I, I like to choreograph little bits like that. So audition for the show next well so that's two shout outs to two shows because she's gonna be doing puppeteering for the um the christmas carol she's making puppets for it we're gonna have full body puppets i'm a ghost i am one of the puppets mm -hmm. i'm so nervous because i don't know what i'm doing at all it's okay we're gonna do a little workshop we're gonna you'll be so prepped so um come out and see that and come see uh come audition for the spring show mm -hmm. i will be there so it's gonna be fun we're gonna have a good time i can't wait yeah but thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode today. Um, I cannot wait to have another episode and hopefully have you on again when the spring semester to, comes yeah. on for the uh, show. Yeah, um, we can talk more specifically about the actual puppets of Christmas Carol and what they look like and how yes. they work.
Yes, because she's currently in the middle of making them, so we don't want to give it away. Yeah. But I would love to talk more with you next semester. So thank you guys so much for listening. We will see you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.